Rusty Quill presents. Welcome to Ain't Slayed Nobody. This is an actual play podcast intended for adults and may contain material that some people find disturbing. Please see the episode notes for content warnings and listen with care. If you found our show from Graham Patrick's guest writing on episode three of the Magnus Protocol, you might want to start with one of the campaigns he wrote on. Y'all of Cthulhu, our first ever season, is a complete horror campaign in the Old West. Next, we have Bleaker Trails, which is in the same setting. That has one complete season, and the final season is coming late in 2024. And if you're looking for something shorter and science fiction, we have a six-episode Blade Runner series. Thank you so much for listening. We hope to see you around. Our Discord is slade.me slash discord. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. We begin in the basement of the church in Olvido, where Jeremiah was locked up by Dust Devil. It is extremely dark, and it smells like rat piss. Jeremiah's weapons have been confiscated, and you've been issued some rags to wear. I think Dust Devil was interested in trying on that nice suit for himself. A man emerged from the shadows of your cell here, and you recognized him as Sparky. My name. You knew it. Have we met before? You'll remember that Sparky was the man from that abandoned cabin that you encountered on your first day of travel. Okay, yeah, I think I do know you. Think I went to your cabin one time. Ah, yes. That I know. And he's walking around you in a circle. He's smelling you. He seems intrigued by you. He's physically latching onto your rags as he's trying to get a better look at you in the darkness. You know we're both not going anywhere. You can let go. I remember your group. Have they been compromised? Did you come alone? No. Uh, came with, uh, came with a few fellers. Why here? What are you trying to do? Not die. <laughs> oh, then you picked the wrong town. Well, well, tell me about that. Olvido is corrupted. This town is already dead. What are you, already dead? The people here... The things they plan? They'll kill us both. You're being fairly obtuse. Go ahead and tell me what they're planning. The way I see it, they'll sacrifice everyone in this town, including us. They need power, you see. And the right kind, too. I'm sorry? Sacrifice how? Blood is the only way to bring these things to light. Don't you know that? But perhaps this is my destiny. It is my time. Are you in the cult? Cult? Funny word, isn't it? But no. Long ago, one of my students was corrupted. I thought she was gone. But now I'm not sure. Well, who's your student? 
Kate, oh, Kate. Yes, Kate. Your voice. Did you travel with Kate? I... I remember you with Kate. How is she? Wait. You're a thief. You stole Kate's journal. I remember now. Why are you here? Was it Kate's journal that brought you? We came here looking for that Colin Brock. Oh, you have business with him. I see. I ain't got much business with him, but people with me do. Ah, but we all have business with him, don't we? Brock became dangerous. He's trying to bring something into this world. Something long ago rejected. For good reason, I expect. I thought Kate might be here. I have been drawn to this place for a long time. I may accept that Kate's not here. Unless she was with you. And he's smelling your clothing again. Did you just smell me? <laughs> you see, Kate, she was corrupted by the same darkness as Colin Brock. You know, I helped Brock long ago. No good deed, I suppose. <laughs> so how long have you really been down here? Oh, two days? Two eons? Time is a funny thing. What, what, what'd they put you in here for? Ah, I tried to break the ward. This town, it's isolated. Protected from anything that might stop the rebirth. The one called Dust Devil. <laughs> he captured me over at the bridge. I, I didn't get far, I suppose. Dust Devil's with the cult? Oh yes, everyone here is, whether they want to be or not. Everyone ends up helping the rejected, in his own way. Even us. You know, back in my cabin, I thought your group might be a last resort to try to stop what will happen here. Tell me about your progress. What have you learned? Well, I got this stone here. Like, show it to him. My stone, of course. This could be useful here. And how has it served you? It has glowed a few times. <laughs> hmm. Yes, it does that. Why does it do that? It's a companion stone, really. Sometimes it glows with rites of magic, or in the presence of a great god. Do you know the Mother of the Woods? No. <laughs> Have you learned anything on this journey? I've learned there are beings unlike I ever had imagined, and that they will kill you. Oh, I guess some people might call that a start. <laughs> I hoped you'd come further. Okay. Have you seen the great black goat? And he's getting up in your face now. He's nose to nose. Well, if you could maybe get about a foot and a half away from me and tell me about the great black goat, I would love to hear about it. Seeing you here, I thought you'd made progress. Foolish of me, I suppose? Well, if you want people to make progress, you have to establish clear and defined goals with action steps between where you are and where you want them to be. You can't just give someone a vision and a rock and say, go get them. Well, you stole the rock, didn't you? But I gave you a gift. The visions you mentioned. 
What did you see? Dude, it has been so fucking long. Um, (laughs) I'll give you a quick summary. You were on a white bridge that was suspended in black mist, and you pulled up a body that was hanging over the side of that bridge in the same place you hanged Maxwell Posey. All of you saw a different person when you took a closer look at the body. You saw your brother... You eventually went to the end of the bridge and stepped through the mist to a room of chains. Jeremiah touched a child's hand, but it was actually a goat's hoof, I believe. Then all of you together pulled a chain, and you broke something. You saw a childlike figure dressed in black robes. Then you woke up outside of Sparky's cabin. I saw all of that. Saw some hands, and some chains, and a man with a cloak. You saw what you were meant to see. I no longer think this is my fate, but maybe it does belong to you. Have you seen Kate? Do you think she's alive? I'm pretty sure Kate is alive. Yes. Maybe she is. Maybe she is. I like you. So can I fuck with him? Oh, sure you can. He's gone a little mad. You can do whatever you'd like. Tell me more about the stone. It glows in the presence of a great god. Sometimes it glows in the presence of other members of my party. Oh, maybe, uh, maybe there's hope. You, maybe one of your friends can stop this. What can it stop? What are we trying to stop? They're bringing something back, something dark. It's kept by the Black Star. It was rejected from this world, rejected from every world. You've got to be more specific than something. What is it? Describe it. I do not know much of the rejected. Kate would know. How? Okay. Kate can tell us? You said the stone glows, one of your fellow travelers. No magic. They're keeping it from you. Why? Okay. Who's the chosen one, Cuppy? Well, I don't think it actually glows for the party. (laughs) You were bullshitting him. Yeah, I was bullshitting, but I'm wondering if there is a chosen one that we need to find with a high midichlorian count. (laughs) Uh, Have you ever tried to get out of here? No, I'm too weak. They drain my power while we wait. And these bars are solid. Hmm. I feel like in a few more days I might fit between them. Have you tried recently? I was joking. My head's too large. You can angle it and like kind of work it through. (laughs) Is there a way out? Can I fucking spot hidden like a way out of this goddamn place? No, you don't need to roll to realize that you're pretty secure in here. But do give me a luck roll. My luck is shit. I have to roll five or lower. Oh, yeah, I got 82. So. Yeah, okay. So at that moment, mid-conversation, the door opens at the top of the stairs. And you hear this thumping as a large sack tumbles into the chamber and lands hard on the earthen floor. 
it's still very dark here, but your eyes have adjusted. At first, it's not really clear what's been thrown down here. Maybe it's potatoes or something to eat. But you wouldn't be able to reach the sack from here, so that doesn't make sense. But then something rolls out of the opening at the top of the sack. You see a human head. Seriously? It wobbles a bit, and then it settles on its left ear as the suffering eyes stare at you, Jeremiah. Who is it? I'm going to help, but I am making a stop at the curio shop, so I guess it's not that (laughs) urgent. That's fair. You gotta do what you gotta do. Let's cut over to Johnny, who just rode up on Ida's curio shop. Okay. Fucker. (laughs) Johnny, you rode away with Birdie toward town, and as Sinead walked onto the main road, you spotted a curio stand next to the general store here in Olvido. It's late afternoon, and the sun is casting long shadows. Ida is here. Remember, she's the woman who traded Johnny the spellbook for the Conquistador's helmet. And today, Ida is wearing an off-the-shoulder red dress with intricate gold patterns threaded throughout. This encounter is oddly similar to the first time you met Ida, but most of the curios seem to be different this time. She does have that Conquistador's helmet on display for $300, though. And she did not acknowledge Johnny as he rode up. Correct. She did not recognize me? She may have recognized you, but she did not acknowledge you, and didn't seem particularly interested when you rode up toward the wagon. Okay. I'm gonna dismount from Sinead and walk up to her and say, Good afternoon, Ida. That's a nice helmet there. May I help you with something? Uh, Yes, ma'am, I believe you can. And I'm going to reach inside my jacket and I'm going to pull that pamphlet out. And I'm going to say, you need to tell me everything about this. Listen, I don't have time to memorize every book. Oh, but something tells me you know something about this one. And Ida gives the book a longer look now. First, I'd like to hear what you know about the book. Okay. Johnny is going to honestly relate everything that he has found out so far. And I might need that refresher. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I was beginning to figure out that it was a spell book of some sort, but I had not worked them out yet. Well, Johnny had begun working them out in the hotel room, but there are a lot of gaps. You know that one of the spells involves some kind of enchantment? You think it's a blessing for a knife? And that's based on the footnotes and diagrams in the book. And you know it requires a personal sacrifice. That's right. The other spell is an aging spell. But I don't know what that one would do. You don't know the specifics. Does it reverse aging? Does it advance aging? Is it related to immortality? It's all a bit vague, but you do know that this spell asks for the blood of an innocent. Okay. 
As Johnny is detailing what he knows, Ida is nodding and leaning toward you now. She looks a little surprised, and she's giving Bertie a long look as well. Okay, you did put in some work. Not bad. You'll need to choose which one speaks to you. I want to know about the knife blessing. Ma'am, I figured something out in here. Something's got to do with a blade and enchanting a blade, and I want to know. We may be able to arrange something. You caught me off guard. I didn't think you'd learn shit. (laughs) And Ida takes a step back, and she's sizing you up, Johnny. I don't think you've got the stomach. Well, I'm more than meets the eye, ma'am. We'll find out soon enough. Let me see that book. It's been a long time. Are you giving Ida the book? Yeah, I'll let her see the book. She takes the book from you and opens it to the exact page of the knife enchantment. (laughs) It's been a real long time, huh, (laughs) ma'am? Ida's practically ignoring you now. She's taking her time with the book. Ah, yes. I remember now. Intriguing choice. Ritual of the Seven Cuts. Ida's really absorbed by the book now. Her eyes are wider than you've ever seen. She winced for a moment there. Hmm. Do you know this calls for a sacrifice? What kind of sacrifice are we talking about? Let's roll the dice here to find out. Chuck, give me a D6 for Johnny. Three. Okay, three. And Ida points to your left foot. You're going to need to give up that foot. Uh, when you say give up this foot, how literal are you being? Talk to me like I am a small child. Look, if you're serious, you need to make the seven cuts. And when you're done, that foot won't belong to you anymore. Would you say that it would still be attached? I would not say that. Uh Uh-huh. And if I was to do this thing, what would I gain from this? I'll do my best to help you understand. This is real magic, son. The blade you choose to make the seven cuts is blessed by the mother of a thousand young. Mm Mm-hmm. If you succeed, that blade will harm those who cannot be harmed. Ma'am, I feel like there might be a little more to this. Tell you what, I'd like to hear more about this baby. Oh, this here's Birdie. Say hi, Birdie. She never says hi. Me either. (laughs) You know, that child won't survive this. Now what makes you say that? She won't survive the spell? Oh, the spell is fine. Do you know what's happening here? Uh, ma'am, I gotta say, I honestly do not. Do you know? The people you're after, they're bringing darkness into this world. The world's already dark, but this, this, the world cannot endure. You'll be dead, little birdie will be dead, but I can help you both. I tell you, ma'am, I'll take all the help I can get. Give me the child. I'll care for her. It's the only way she can survive. I'll never harm her. Do this. Give her to me, and I'll teach you to bless the blade. Hell, I'll teach you how to use the blade for deeper magic. 
how is Birdie reacting to this conversation? Birdie's not giving strong signals either way. Classic Birdie. She seems indifferent. Ma'am, let me ask you one thing. How do I know I can trust you? Do you believe in fate, son? Not until recently. It has been a week, let me tell you that. What are your options here? Where are your friends? Uh, how long you got? You know, I can tell you where a couple of them are, maybe. I know where Lance is. I'm pr- I'm fairly confident in that. I don't think he's gone nowhere. <laughs> sure. Now, since you asked <laughs> if you can trust Ida, give me a psychology role for Johnny. Yeah, I'm not good at that. Nope, that's a 29. Okay, well, remember that in your bout of madness, Johnny's feeling helpless. He needs to protect Birdie, but he's a bit lost. I'll leave the decision up to you, Chuck, but Johnny does believe Ida has good intentions for Birdie. Okay. You know, ma'am, I understand what you're getting at, and I'm starting to like the cut of your jib. You know, the the thing is, I just I just need a little bit more information just to make sure you understand. I'm trying to do the right thing for Birdie here. Uh, she is my kin so much as I have. Uh, if you could just give me a little more information, I kind of feel like we are heading in a good direction here. <laughs> it sounds like you're trying to fast talk Ida here. Yo, kin, huh? Are you sure? And I'm making my fast talk roll. Ooh, and that's a 16. That's a hard success. Okay, she'll give you a little bit more. I'm going to take Birdie away from this town. Somewhere safe. You need to make this town unsafe if you want to stop what's coming. You found something odd on the ride here, didn't you? To say the least. You found a creature. A living tree. Oh, oh. Yeah, the, uh, the camp... I, I gotta say, I got no explanation for that. Would you mind enlightening me? One of your acquaintances called that creature to the camp, and now he's called it here. To help us? To help, yes, but this town's been watered to keep it outside. But like I said, I can help you. How do I break the ward? The ravine that's been marked across the lip with warden symbols, but... Not under the bridge. The bridge, they just carved wards into the wood. Get rid of the bridge or the carvings and that job is done. That's how your friend got caught. Trying to carve and scratch away those symbols. One of my friends? I've seen him. He's the old one. Jeremiah? I don't think so. Older. Older than Jeremiah? He's as old as them their hills. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to say that in the podcast. <laughs> now, I need you to listen carefully. That creature at the camp, the dark young, I can help you bind yourself to the beast. Trying this will probably kill you, but you're practically dead as it is. So the struggle that Johnny is dealing with right now is one that he's in a bout of madness to protect Birdie at all costs, and that could have a little bit of interpretation to it as to how that (laughs) exactly manifests itself. So I'm not sure what to do here. Like I said, this is your call. Okay. (laughs) 
I think maybe we can strike a deal. Ida extends her arms to accept Birdie. Uh, ma'am, one last thing before we get started. Uh, uh, you're going to have to help me explain this to Ellie. <laughs> I'm not interested in your personal affairs. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know if you've got the spirit to do this. Johnny is going to go ahead and give Birdie one last kiss on the forehead. And he's going to say, all right now, Birdie, you mind this woman. She's going to take good care of you. Daddy's got some stuff he's got to take care of, but I'm going to find you when I'm done. We're going to be a family. And then he hands her over. Don't look too hard now. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't want you chasing her down. Johnny has a little notebook out and he's trying to do a little charcoal sketch of what Ida looks like ask people about later. (laughs) Have you seen this woman? (laughs) I told you, I'll take care of her. All right, then. And Ida's been fashioning a baby Bjorn of her own this whole time, and she pulls Birdie in toward her bosom, and for a moment, while Ida is securing Birdie to her chest, you can swear Birdie smiles at you, Johnny. Maybe for the first time. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, ma'am, it seems like you're the first one to get any sort of reaction out of her anyway. (laughs) And now with Birdie in place, Ida will start making notes in the margins and on the backs of the pages concerning this ritual of the seven cuts. Sure. And remember, this book was really a loosely arranged stack of bound papers. My big book of dark magics. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like Ida is now sketching with her left hand. She's holding the book in her right, trying to manage Birdie end the drawing. It's a bit clumsy, but Ida is intensely focused. She hands you a piece of paper when she's done, and it shows the top side of a left foot. And she's drawn dissecting lines on top of that foot. I see, so when we say cuts... We're not meaning superficial cuts. Oh, no. I have a handout to give you a better idea of what she's diagrammed here. How grisly is this image going to be? Well, here you go. Oh, yeah. So it's a JPEG of the human foot and its many bones. I'm not going to lie. Not what I wanted to open. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that bad. And the cuts look like they point toward the toes of the foot. And those cuts are numbered. It looks like you'll make two cuts at the front of the foot, two at the midfoot, and two just in front of the ankle. Those are labeled one through six. The pattern doesn't really make sense to you, but it does vaguely remind you of the constellations, the ones you've seen in your nightmares. Sure. I'm going to actually vomit while we describe it. (laughs) And Ida is pointing to the paper now. I've already drawn in the first six cuts. Mm Mm-hmm. Is the seventh one just dealer's choice? The seventh? That one's not so easy. The last cut needs to end the ritual. It needs to separate the foot. (laughs) Sure. Jesus. Is this going to be like 127 hours? (laughs) I don't get the reference. (laughs) That's all right. 
If you look at this other handout, she's drawn a cross section of the seventh cut. Oh, hey. I'm sorry. <laughs> I would like to know what your internet search history currently looks like. <laughs> it's not good. It hasn't been good since you made that grenade. So you get your heel, but no foot. That's right. It looks like you'd sever in front of the ankle bone. Okay, well, that's good, because then at least, like, my legs aren't different length. Sure, it might help you get around. I would basically, yeah, I would have a human peg leg. Now, here's a question that I probably should have asked earlier to Ida. Uh, Just to clarify, will you be doing this to me, or am I doing this to me? I can't do this for you. If I do, the blessing will be mine. It has to be you. And Ida extends a hand to squeeze your shoulder. I'll be there with you. Next, Ida reaches into a hidden pocket in her dress and removes a small vial of yellowish-brown powder. She jiggles that in her hand and hands that over to you, Johnny. I see. Have you been talking to Father Flint? (laughs) This looks like heroin, but Johnny might not know that. (laughs) I have taken Johnny down an extremely dark path. (laughs) (laughs) That's an understatement. (laughs) It was all bandoliers and saving animals before, and now it's (laughs) fucking doing drugs and cutting your foot off. (laughs) I think I'll call this episode Footloose. (laughs) Everybody cut, everybody cut, everybody cut, Footloose. (laughs) Yeah. And Ida notices that you seem a bit overwhelmed by all of this. Yeah, we'll see how far you're willing to go. Uh Uh-huh. Just so we're clear again, ma'am, what exactly are the benefits? Could you spell that out for me? Okay, that's fair. This is an important decision for Johnny. I mean, it is a foot, and I only got the two. Yeah. Ida pulls you in like she's going to give you a pep talk. You do this part first, and then the dark young. That's right. The, um, I'm gonna say tree monster. I'm something of an aficionado of befriending creatures. I am connected to the forest, to the grain, to this dirt beneath our feet. I can help you, and I can teach you the old ways. I can teach you to find the dark young. But that requires another sacrifice. You'll need more than a foot. Something personal. Or someone. But more personal than my foot? Something you share a deep connection to works best. Close family, dear friends, loved animals. Oh no. Make your offering under the moon. In a forest if you can. Easier said than done around here. Use the blade to make your offering. I'll show you the words. What? Is the moon out? Can I see it? You know, like... (laughs) The moon isn't out yet, but it will be soon enough. It's not that far from dusk. And Ida's telling you about a second spell now. This spell to bind a dark young. This is something separate from the blade enchantment, but it sounds like it's going to incorporate the newly magical blade. (laughs) I'm getting real thunderclaps through the mic here. Ooh, that was excellent. 
Uh, ma'am, it sounds like a spooky thunderstorm is rolling in at a very opportune moment. I gotta be honest with you. I have a number of reservations about this entire process. If you have any interest in surviving this, in anyone surviving this, you need magic. They have magic. More than I do, and a hell of a lot more than you do. Are you ready? I don't see as I've got much of a choice at this juncture. I've seen what's going on out there at that house. And it reminds me a lot of what happened to old Jack. And I know I don't have the strength myself to do nothing about it. Are we just going to do this do this right here? I don't know. I, we basically own that hotel now because nobody lives there anymore. Should we do that there? Ida points off in the direction of the ravine on the eastern edge of town. I have a tent on the outskirts of town. It's not much, but you'll be safe. That might be for the best. I'm anticipating a large amount of screaming, you see. That's accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, ma'am, if you were a gamesman, how many hit points would you say that this process may require? Don't be selfish. It all depends if you finish the task. The universe tends to care for those who give back to the Earth. Uh, sure. <laughs> how many luck rolls am I going to be making? <laughs> it's seven luck rolls and you have to pass all of them or you die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not really, but... You will have to do some things to make this successful. Wouldn't this be a remarkable way for Johnny's uh, Johnny's little arc to end to bleed out in a tent on the side of town with nobody knowing where he went? <laughs> well, now I want it to happen. <laughs> uh-huh. Just faded out of existence. <laughs> uh, ma'am, this may seem like a strange question, but I, you know, the mind wanders. Will I get to keep the foot? I could have it bronzed or something, I don't know. <laughs> like baby shoes? It's like baby shoes. This, These were my original feet. No. <laughs> okay. I just, you know, just curious. Now, Ida's going to gesture for you to follow her between the buildings. Are you leaving Sinead here? No, I believe I'm going to need to bring her with me because I'm not going to have a foot anymore. So I feel like Johnny, Johnny's relationship with Sinead is about to get a lot more codependent than it was before, which is saying something. Yeah, it may be tough going. You can take her out there. Are you walking or riding her? I'll just walk her with Ida so that we're all kind of going the same speed. Yeah. Now, most of the buildings in Olvido are on that main road. So, as you begin following Ida away, Oviedo begins feeling desolate. You hear thunder, and now dark clouds are blotting out the sun with a promise of rain. This would be weirder if it was a bright sunny day. True. And as you begin to make out a tent off in the distance, let's cut back to Jeremiah. Jeremiah... You're looking at this decapitated head, the one that rolled out of that large sack before settling on the ground in front of you. The skin is peeling off of the skull. It's lightly flapping against the bone in this drafty dungeon. And you recognize this man. 
He's the one you found in the hotel basement. The one who begged for your help. So I can assume that the the rest of that bag contains severed arms, legs, and a torso? It's large enough for that, yes. And you're not getting a bad smell, at least not worse than what was down here already. So maybe this is recent? Well, well, it must be. You just saw him. So I look at Lunatic McGee over here, and I say, Does this happen often? Sparky's up at the bars with you now. He's looking at the severed head. No, first time. For the ritual, I'd guess. I suppose they'll throw the body in a brazier and burn the pieces. Did you know him? I have seen him before. He was being tortured in the back of the hotel. Well, I hope the rest of your party does better than he did. They'll need to avoid Colin Brock and find some way to disrupt whatever's coming. As long as they don't end up here, like you. I fared pretty well. They didn't kill me. (laughs) Give it a few hours. You're still alive. Oh, my time is short. It's been short for a while. I believe they keep me alive because of my own power. My connection to the Dark Mother. They may sense power in you, too. Go on about that. What kind of power you got? Oh, well, not much, apparently. I know some old magic. I tried to call her here, the mother of a thousand young, but I failed. I I thought she might at least send one of her children... Maybe I'm too weak. You didn't see her, so... I don't know. And as the two of you stand here looking at this severed head, Jeremiah, Wes, I will ask for a sanity check. You got it. I failed the sanity check. Okay, so give me a D6. Uh, it's a six. Oh no. Yeah, okay. it's, it's good times. Okay, so Jeremiah's sanity is down to 13. Super good. You're obviously in a new bout of madness. I've seen a body, and I've also been, like, recently chased by a cult. Uh, And I'm in a dark dungeon, so what's that spell? Now, this bout of madness was triggered by the body of this man, this person you abandoned in the hotel basement. His disfigured face is staring at you. You haven't seen a body cut up like this since... Kenyon? (laughs) You stop. Kenyon. That twisted city beneath the mines of Idaho. How do you know about that? It's not something you'd likely forget. But you did something there. Far beneath the earth, with your brother. It was his last trip. And as you're thinking about this, the face on that decapitated head that rolled out from the sack, this is your brother. It's Joseph. He's badly burnt. You feel a twinge in your brain as your mind cracks. 
old memories are leaking into your consciousness, Jeremiah. Those men in the cave, their oddly tall, slender bodies with expressionless faces, the ancient clothing, the bizarre weapons, underdwellers. Just like the men you saw recently, during those delusions in the mines right here in Oviedo. You trespassed, Jeremiah. And these men, if you'd call them that, they walked you and Joseph down a winding road through their city streets as you were watched over by your new masters. They butchered humans for some twisted amusement. Good God. You look at your surroundings and the cage, the cage, another twinge, another crack. The iron of this cell seems to melt away into fire. You remember being taken from these cages and forced into that sinister building, the one surrounded by shrieking sculptures of snake-headed demons and these towering tentacled abominations. They seem to crawl over their pedestals, just like the ones from your dreams, the dreams of your cabin in Idaho. Are these dreams or memories? And these these are things that I've I've intentionally forgotten and they're all coming back to me. That's right. This is all too familiar and it's too confusing. And as Sparky steps towards you, he looks like he intends to hurt you, Jeremiah. You just start kicking the dirt like just trying to get away. What's wrong with you, boy? Now get away! Get the hell away from me! As Jeremiah continues to lose grip on reality, his mind is opening all of the closed compartments from his past. You blink, and it's like changing scenes from a dream. You're back in the theater. You're surrounded by these vile humanoids and their bulging eyes feast upon you, your brother, and the other unfortunate puppets selected that day. The flick of a finger, the twitch of an eye, even a telepathic word from the people in the crowd, it brings you unspeakable pain. This never-ending cycle of torture, Jeremiah, it only ends one way. You know what has to happen. As you look at Sparky. Oh, God. God damn it. Sparky have to die. <laughs> All right. What's wrong with you? We have to stop this. How, where are the pieces of, of said corpse? The body's outside the cage, which now looks to be on fire. They're on the ground, but they're out of reach. Who's this the body of? It's the man that was in the hotel that we didn't help. Oh, <laughs> you left him at the general store. Boy, we went to a lot of trouble. Well, we didn't. We went to very little trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even want to give him water. <laughs> but Jeremiah is seeing Joseph now, not that man. What happened to you, Joseph? Sparky's getting close again. Tell me what else you learned. Are you okay? Hell no. Get away from me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rush him. I'm going to give you a surprise attack. He can't dodge or fight back. I don't think he's expecting this. Uh, 30. Oh, oh my God. You know what I'm going to do? 
I am going to spend the rest of my luck to succeed at this. Because it feels important. I am, I am now out of luck. And I have bum-rushed Sparky here. And, and I'm pinning him to the wall. No, I'm going to take him down and achieve mount and start punching him in the face. He's like Scott Farkas in A Christmas Story. Ground and pound. Yeah, it's exactly like that. Now, you spent all of Jeremiah's remaining luck. So at my discretion, I'm going to give Jeremiah max damage on this. Okay, hell yeah. 1d3 plus a damage bonus, which I don't have. So. Okay, of course. So you do three points of damage and Sparky's quite weak. And you're on top of him, punching him in the face. He's conscious, but bleeding heavily. And he's mumbling incoherently to himself. So I'm a fucking psycho. Okay. Oh, God. And I am going to give Sparky a turn to fight. You have him pinned down, but you're disoriented. He's going to try to rock his body. Like Justin Timberlake? <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's going to try to shift you off of him. So he's going to roll fighting brawl, and I imagine you're not dodging. So you would fight back, I think. There's nothing really for me to dodge, so yeah. I I'll fight back. Okay, so give me another fighting brawl roll, and you'll need to beat Sparky, who rolled a regular success. Uh, 20. Oh, no, I passed! That's a regular success. The initiator wins on a draw, so you are going to lose this, I'm afraid. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, good. So, yeah, Sparky's going to be able to do this maneuver. He's going to buck you forward and slide out from under you. He probably kicked you in the balls for good measure. Anyone would have. And he's standing over you now. I am going to die. Okay. Oh, no. I rolled a two for damage, which is exactly your remaining hit points. I'm out. Well, you don't have a major wound, so you aren't dying. Now he's rolling you over to see your face, and he's still mumbling to himself. Sutris, Ainuki, Aim, no, 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 me, Ani, Yodito, Koti, Koti. Oh no, what? Are you fucking kidding? He pins you down, just like the way you pinned him. And his face is right up to yours. Hey. You're seeing Johnny's face. Oh. But then the face changes. It's Father Flint. Then Ellie. Then Lance. Now it's Dust Devil. And the face is flickering rapidly now. Oh, it's Sam. The faces are zipping by. God damn it, Sam, you son of a bitch! It's your brother, Joseph, Jeremiah. His face is so burnt. You're feeling lightheaded now, and you have this thousand-yard stare. Now the face, it's a, a man of Kinyan. 
And wait, Jeremiah, this face, as it's flickering, it's flickering in a green light. The light is shining through the face. It's the glass man. And then, this is the face of an old woman. Really, it's more of a mask made of flesh than a face. And her nose is sliding down the face. And you feel a cool stone pressing against your cheek. It's glowing brightly now. It's your stone. This whole cell is illuminated green, and the body lurking over you is outlined in this green luminescence. The figure is chanting. Oh dear. And now, Jeremiah, you're seeing you. You are pressing the stone into your own face as this light collapses into darkness. Jeremiah is unconscious. Yeah, no shit. Let's check back in with Johnny. Okay. Ida has Birdie now, and you are walking with Sinead, heading toward a tent. There's not much else around you right now. The tent is standing on its own. It's about a mile out. Olvido is surrounded by mountains and this ravine, and the tent looks pretty close to that ravine. It's a faded red tent, and it's a decent size. Is it a red cloth, or was it like a white tent that's been stained with blood from previous people cutting their appendages? (laughs) It looks like material that's been dyed red. Okay, cool. (laughs) Now, as you continue this walk, Ida's going to explain more about what you need to do. She's handing you another piece of paper. It has something she's scribbled down. And I have a handout. You'll need to recite this phrase before each cut. It's Latin, but your pronunciation matters. You'll want to practice. Commit it to memory. Sanguis meus tuus laminas laminas aquit. We've got a mile to walk. You can work on it. (laughs) Sanguis... (laughs) Sanguis meus to us laminas aquit. My blood sharpens blades. Say it each time before each cut. Oh, okay. It's a little on the nose, don't you think? <laughs> the keeper's not good at Latin or magic. <laughs> Man, the thunder's getting really loud. Sorry about this. No, I think it's totally the perfect mood. <laughs> yeah, it was a storm of destiny. Now, when you get to the tent, Ida's going to pull the flap back and she'll walk in first. There's really no good place to tie off Sinead here, but maybe you've bonded enough. She seems worse for the wear, so she may not be inclined to run. (laughs) We'll see when the screaming starts. I I feel like 
after saving her from that hellhole, she ain't going away from me. Are you following Ida into the tent? Sure. (laughs) Now, there isn't a whole lot going on inside of this tent, aside from the distinctly sweet smell of incense. Wait, did you just leave? To come find me? (laughs) It's very atmospheric. Yeah, she's 420 blazing it in there. I got it. (laughs) Jesus, this thunder. That's fucking awesome. (laughs) This is like the never-ending story when Sebastian's reading the book in the attic. (laughs) (laughs) It is just like that. Okay, now that you're inside, you see a couple of large trunks around the edges of the tent. And in the center, there is an assortment of blankets, animal skins, and pillows. Come on, get comfortable. Oh yeah, sure, comfortable. Let's do that. (laughs) Ida looks down toward the knives at your belt. Do you know what you're going to use? So I was thinking about it. So I have three options, because Johnny is like the Joker in... Dark Knight, Uh where he has all these knives on him, except without any ability to actually use knives. (laughs) He's just got them. Like, he collects them like the guy is on the knife show. Uh Uh-huh. So I've got Stabby, the Bowie knife. Right. You know, which would make the most sense, and is definitely not the one I'm gonna use. (laughs) Okay, of course. Because there's sentimental value in the butter knife. Oh, God. But the butter knife sounds like that would create a particularly grisly situation. I mean, this is going to be dark, Uh but I don't feel like we need to, like, have it be like a Saw movie. I mean, it's going to be like a Saw movie, but... (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't know if the letter opener is any better. I'm going to read to you the description I wrote on my character sheet for my treasured possession. Okay. A small polished silver letter opener engraved with the seal of the U.S. Department of the Interior, it has been sharpened to a razor's edge. Oh, nice. And I wrote that on this now like a year and a half ago Uh (laughs) when I made this character sheet, not knowing I was going to eventually cut my own foot off with it. Right. But we're definitely using that. (laughs) It's like a scalpel. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to screw you over on this letter opener again. (laughs) So it sounds like the razor edge will be good for the first six cuts. I mean, the last one's not going to be easy with anything. Really, the best thing for the last one would probably be like a hatchet. Yeah, it's a shame you don't have one. Yeah. I was really worried you were going to use the butter knife. No, I... I temporarily considered it, but we're not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Grandma specifically said that knife was for planting evidence on prisoners. Who were about to be executed. (laughs) She specifically said that Grandma was weird. (laughs) We need a prequel for Johnny's Grandma. Uh, Ma'am, do you have any training as far as uh, antiseptics and preventing me from dying of gangrene? literally moments after this. Now, Ida's going to look at you very seriously, Johnny, and say, Trust the process. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right then. Now Ida's going to help you get into position. What position do you think will work best? 
That's right. I've got to do this. Now, Johnny is a reasonably flexible gentleman, I would say. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, his dexterity is 70. Yeah. And his size is not huge. So True. I feel like he's pretty bendy. <laughs> Obviously, we're going to remove the boot. Oh, sure. Um, I'm thinking... And Ida recoils at Johnny's toenails when you do that. Sure. And the smell coming out of that boot's not great. (laughs) Now Ida can help you mark the lines on your foot. It looks like she has black ink. Yeah, that would be super. Then she's going to draw those lines with her finger. How's your positioning? I'm thinking seated with something to prop the foot up on so I can sort of bend my knee towards my chest. That works for Ida, except for the propping the foot. You'll want that foot touching the earth. Okay. And she's going to remove the blanket that's directly beneath the foot. Next, Ida's going to point to her nose, suggesting that maybe it's time to use that powder. You know, I I appreciate that. Uh, Ma'am, would you say uh, I should do this in doses or just go the whole whack all at once? I'd take that all at once if I were you. Well, all right then. Well, well, I guess we're just doing this with probably a little too much practice. Johnny's going to find a nearby flat surface and uh, pour that out into a rail. (laughs) And he's going to go ahead and knock that bad boy back. Mm -hmm. And what is this that Johnny has just consumed? (laughs) You didn't think to ask before you inhaled it? Shh. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I think the heroin is probably the closest description. It's going to have a strong morphine effect. Let me be perfectly clear on the podcast. I've never done heroin. I've seen train spotting. And I don't feel like Ewan McGregor would have been particularly great at surgery during most (laughs) of that movie. (laughs) Good point. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at her like, ma'am, I'm not going to poop for a month. (laughs) She's disgusted by you, but she is watching you closely to gauge your response to the powder. Mm-hmm. Johnny, you feel an initial rush, this wave of euphoria just washing over you. This should help deaden the pain quite a bit. Now, you're a slight man, like you mentioned, so hopefully the effect is immediate and long-lasting. Ida looks eager for you to begin. Say the words I taught you. Before each cut. You've got it. One thing, though. Before you do this, before you make the first cut, give me a power roll to see if you can fight every instinct you have not to do this. Now, the good news here is that power is my highest stat. Oh, nice. For some reason. (laughs) And I rolled a 76, so I did pass. Ooh. But only just, because my power is an 80. And you don't have much luck, so that's fortunate. Well, it depends on your perspective, but you will be able to do this. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Well, you know, I feel like uh, 18 months of doing this show have really skewed perspective on what's a good and a bad thing. (laughs) Sure. And your bout of madness, that power, success, and the drug, they're carrying you now, Johnny. Your instinct to protect Birdie 
That's moved on to something else. You're obsessed with getting this done. I'm into a whole new thing. (laughs) I've left madness behind and I've gone to something much deeper. (laughs) Yeah. And at this point, you're flushed and you feel warm. Sweat is pouring down your face. Your arms and legs, they feel very heavy. You're feeling no pain now, at least not before the cut. Let's see how that holds up. I was going to say, then maybe we ought to just get to getting. Yeah. Okay. So Johnny, in his opiate-induced haze, manages to say, Sanguis meus tuas laminas aquit. And then we're gonna we're gonna do that first cut. I'm gonna get pretty in there. Ah, not too deep. I've heard that the first cut is the deepest. About how deep do I need to be cutting here? <laughs> you don't need to cut through the bone with the first six cuts, but you'll need to get through just about everything else. <laughs> now that hurt a lot. This is more painful than you might have expected after the drugs. Good, good. And you finished your first cut. Yeah, yeah. Your blood is being absorbed by the earth beneath your foot. It's this odd sensation like the ground is drinking your blood. Okay. I think that the move here is going to be to try and proceed with this as quickly as I can before I pass out. Good idea. So... Through gritted teeth now, Johnny says, Sanguis meus tuas laminas aquit. And goes for the second cut. That's good. Keep going. You make the second cut and the thunder is intensifying. The effects of the drug and the pain are amplifying at the same time. There's this imbalance in your body right now, and this is bleeding a lot more than you might have expected. But Ida's looking at your foot with approval. Okay, no, but that's good, because I don't want her to see concern, like I'm doing it wrong and I'm going to (laughs) die. Ida has this menacing grin now, and she hands you a thick piece of leather. Here, bite down on this. Okay, yeah, okay, wait, let me foley that. (laughs) Please do. Okay, so Johnny's going to say, Sanguis meus tuas laminas aquit. And go for the third cut. Yes, that's it. Yeah, that was a good one. Ida looks excited. Don't quit now. Okay, she still looks like I'm doing this right? Yeah, I'd say so. The way the bone curves here, you felt that razor edge scraping. This is agonizing. You do notice that Ida's eyes seem wild now. It's almost like this is the first time she's seen this done. Yeah. (laughs) Like she's thinking, I can't believe I tricked somebody into doing this. (laughs) And I'll note that Birdie seems disinterested. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, whatever. (laughs) But you're doing great. All right, Johnny's going to keep rolling. Sanguis meus tuas laminas aquit. 
and does cut number four. Yes, more. Okay. <laughs> Johnny's feeling a little woozy here. You no kidding. <laughs> and cut number five. You're doing it. You look down and you see the five lines carved into your foot. Though it's almost difficult to see the incisions because your foot is soaked in blood. And maybe it's the drugs, but Ida's pupils look black. (laughs) This is beginning to feel like a mistake. (laughs) Do you want to continue? But we are, I am so pot committed because even if I stop now, this foot is probably useless. I think I've cut every tendon, right? Probably. Uh, in, in for a penny, you know. Look at me. Look at me. Stay true. Yeah, this cut isn't as good. It goes around the outside of your ankle as you're trying to follow Ida's lines. You're almost outlining the final cut. Ida looks disappointed with your Latin. You know what, Ida? (laughs) (laughs) Ida is wearing a huge grin now, and her teeth look sharp. She's leaning in. It's probably the drugs. (laughs) And blood is spurting out of that last cut. Johnny does take just a moment to steal himself a little bit. Not too long, because he does not want the heroin to wear off. Makes sense. But before you do this, I'm going to ask Johnny for a sanity check to see if you can make the last cut. This is through the bone. You'll need to fail your sanity check to do this. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's a 42 on my 34 remaining sanity. (laughs) That's close. I know, it's awful close. (laughs) Boy, if I had chickened out at this point, that would have been a mess. (laughs) I imagine Ida would have been upset. Oh man, I would have been pretty upset with my useless foot and no new skills. (laughs) Right. Okay, Johnny is a broken man, but he's committed to finishing this. You and Ida both know it's time for the last cut. She squeezes your hand. Her hands are so rough. There's a swelling pool of blood around that foot now. An unnatural amount of blood, you might think. You feel the dirt tickling the bottom of your foot and hear it slurping away at the gushing blood. Something terrible is happening here. But now Johnny looks up, and there's a strange deadness to his eyes. Like, he is leaving his body. Good. Your mouth is unbearably dry. It's like you've been eating cotton. Ida's leaning way in now. Her now-twisted face, it's very close to yours. And the drugs are now heightening every sensation around you. It smells like copper and rotting eggs there's a black mist swirling around you and the tent looks like it's beginning to collapse he's having a bit of a mental break here oh yeah 
you see these giant hands that are pressing into the roof of the tent and they rip away the fabric so you're looking straight into the stars, Johnny. And the rolling thunder is a mocking laughter. You look to Ida and she's laughing too. Johnny looks up and looks Ida dead in the eye. And this time, without a whole lot of wavering, very plainly says, Sanguis meus tuas laminas aquit. And then he flips that letter opener around in his hand into a stabbing position. And he eyeballs right where he thinks that that main chunk of bone is and plunges that letter opener straight into his foot as hard as he can. The letter opener slides through bone like a hot knife through lard. It's almost as though something else is helping you. You don't quite feel it happening, the odd sensation of your foot separating from the leg. The skin and muscle on your foot shrivel until it's just bone there. Then the foot in front of your eyes, it's pulled into the earth by twisting roots. Only a trace of blood remains. I can't believe you did that. You dumb motherfucker. (laughs) 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 she didn't mean it like that but I like the implication and the letter opener didn't react noticeably it's bloody and dull but it seems unchanged to your eye let's hope it was the correct foot (laughs) she's she's like oh shit did I give you the right diagram (laughs) yeah she's flipping the pages (laughs) oh man I am going to ask you for a constitution roll now, Chuck, for Johnny. Oh, interesting. I don't know that Johnny has ever rolled constitution. What do I have for constitution? 55, not great. I got a 60. Ooh, okay. Do you want to use luck? You have just enough. If I don't, I'll bleed to death? Is that the the implication here? (laughs) No, but you'll likely lose consciousness. You know, that might be for the best. I'm going to hang on to my remaining six luck. And I'm going to fail my constitution roll. Okay. I feel like Johnny is in a safe space. And I don't feel like Ida would have wasted all of this time only to just, like, let me die. (laughs) You never know. (laughs) And give me a d4 for the damage. Makes sense. That is a three. Okay. And as everything fades to black for Johnny here, Ida gets directly in front of you, and it looks like she's returned to normal. Good luck, Johnny. And you bob back and forth a little bit before collapsing onto the blankets. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Thank you for listening to Ain't Slayed Nobody. For ad-free episodes, lots of bonus content, and special programming, please join our wolf pack at patreon.com slash Slade. Or subscribe to Ain't Slayed Nobody Plus at Apple Podcasts. Nothing helps the show more than becoming a subscriber. See our show notes for full credits, and help us grow by posting friendly reviews and spreading the word to your friends and followers. Thank you, and good luck out there.